wrestling match try something new or different. You kind of have to be pinned in to knowing that they're doing something new and different. And going back over the New Japan match of the last five or six years, I finally watched Tanahashi versus Minoru Suzuki, which was an IWGP title match from October of 2012, that one match of the year. Well-known bias, I am not a big fan of either of these guys. Suzuki somehow manages to be both goofy and heavy at the same time. And Tanahashi, especially at this point, is basically Bret Hart with Shawn Michaels' moveset. But that's neither here nor there. This match is incredibly well-crafted because it took advantage of Tanahashi's Overall technical ability, never let me say that he is not technically sound. I just don't happen to like his style. Particularly his his sort of movements through a match is very, I don't want to say pattern-oriented, but it never feels like he breaks beyond his pattern, unless he's working with a guy like Okada, or in this case, Suzuki, who have a strong imprint on any match they're in that sort of forces Tanahashi to work through it. Where it gets interesting in this match is that Suzuki was, at this point, probably at his best. He, had, I think he was just a little over 40 at this point. He was working a style that combined his grappling with some pretty brutal-looking strikes and the ridiculous hairstyle. Both these guys have ridiculous hair, let me just say that. But what's interesting is that for the first mm, third of the match, Tanahashi is working submissions left and right. And even when he decides to be, you know, to put his signature on a move, like he has Suzuki in the abdominal stretch and he starts doing the air guitar thing, it still feels serious. Actually, the best way I can put it is this is him recharging his spirit meter so he can hit his big finish. And when Suzuki gets his his turn, he works his submissions like a guy who knows what he's doing about submission. And they're not as pretty as Tanahashi's, but they look more legitimate. And that is key. That is the key to this match. There is a legitimacy that the audience has bought into before the match even begins. Both these guys, totally legit, no question. Now here's where it gets interesting. And I wouldn't have realized it until Dave Meltzer pointed it out in the most recent Observer, but there are no near falls in this match. The first cover anyone goes for in this match is when Tanahashi gets the pin after a high five flow. Think about that for a second. The entire method of gaining heat in today's wrestling world is based on the near fall. Maybe that's not the right way to put it. It's more like the entire way of popping a crowd in order to build towards finish heat is through successive near falls. Now, it's not like there are no near finishes here. Because these submissions, which take the place of the near fall, are always treated as if they could be finishes. Even though many of the moves that are being used are not seen as finishers, even in Japan, where there has been some training over the years of the audience to accept that moves like arm bars can be finishes. This match moves between its between the periods of Tanahashi and Suzuki being in command it flows through those transitions really well. It presents both guys as being on an equal footing in the areas that they're going in. We see Suzuki 
doing some amazing brawling work. You see Tanahashi being Tanahashi. But this is a match that is less about impact and more about wear down. And the ultimate thing this match is saying that I think sadly has been lost, but they could have kept going in this direction, was New Japan could have been about wearing down the guy using work, using wrestling, using grinding, more or less, until you get to the point where you can have your one big impact move and that's the finish. Think about that as a match style, where it's all about grinding the guy down through mat work, through submission work, building to a high spot. And the high five flow is not a great high spot. I know some people say it is. I disagree. That's the first cover in the match. When you get the finisher and you have built it to be what eventually finishes guys who have given everything in the grind, you have elevated the finisher. You have elevated the guys for being able to tough this out. The current WWF style, which I'm critical of at times, is all about kicking out of the finisher. It is about not accepting that any single move can finish a guy. I can't think of a finisher that hasn't been kicked out of, maybe Kinsasha. And I do believe that there are ways to have a finisher hit and not devalue it as a possible finish. For example, the occasionally you'll see John Cena, and it's hard to tell whether or not this is, and you most exceptionally see this in his match with, uh, his return match with AJ Styles. Or maybe it was Kevin Owens. It was one of those guys. One of those dudes. I think it was Styles, where Cena hit the F5, but it wasn't clean. It didn't feel clean. It felt as if he only got a part of it. And it wasn't a finish. That sort of thing, where a percentage of a finish, of a finisher, isn't a finish. I love that. That is a kind of storytelling that doesn't devalue the move. Now, this really started back in the 90s with, well, I guess this has always been around with guys who use submission finishes. Like the figure four. Flair would get the figure four two and sometimes three and four times in a match, and it wasn't a finish. But really it was in the 90s when we started to see, you know, I think it was 93 that Tommy Dreamer kicked out of the Superfly Splash. It was uh, was in the 90s that you would start to see Shawn Michaels have to do more than one super kick. Late 90s, like 97, maybe even 96, 97, somewhere in there. Eventually the Tombstone wasn't even a finish like that. So that may have been even a little bit later. We have devalued the idea of a finisher in the WWF. Here, there is nothing but value to the finisher, because the finisher is the only thing that can end the match. And it's as if both these guys know that. And they were working in this methodology. They were working a story where the high fly flow was the end-all, be-all, was going to be the impact move that made the entire match make sense, and it did. There are not a lot of workers who could work this match. Suzuki and Tanahashi, absolutely. I really believe that Katsuchika Okada could. Kenny Omega probably could. The only guy I could really see it working in the WWE right now is Samoa Joe. Maybe Shinsuke Nakamura? But Joe could 100% do this. This is a kind of match that we don't see in the States because we've been programmed to accept near falls as what builds us towards a finish. Even if we had the half-hour build in Cena versus Reigns, for example, and neither of them ever get a move for a cover, we get a build. And these guys, both those guys can go. But then 
Cena hits an F5 and gets the pin, which is how it should always end. Eh, not the F5, it's the attitude adjustment. The FU. No. The attitude adjustment. Never mind. Shut up. He hits, he hits his finish, and the ref counts. It's a shock. It's not supposed to end like that. There's supposed to be more kickouts. There's supposed to be more covers. This is what is important in wrestling, I think, today, that we need more of, is variation. And during, you know, the great debate with Ricochet versus Will Ospreay, not every match needs to be that hard-hitting, legitimate-looking contest. But it's nice to have this variation in styles. And I don't think it needs to be variation in styles among classes of wrestlers. Like, we don't need a class of flyers and a class of heavyweights and a class of technicians and a class of brawlers. We need workers to be able to move between those classes. And Tanahashi did that here. And really well. And Suzuki is very flexible as well. I think his flexibility is not nearly like Tanahashi, but I also find myself far more entertained by his matches. So what are you going to do? This is a great match. It's available on Daily Motion, among other places. Give it a watch, because it really is one of those matches that will make you think differently about pro wrestling.